all different types of groups, too, you know, different people, different flavors. But the, feel, the feeling is, is to have a sense of what's prior to the interpretation. There's millions of forms of adjusting and manipulating the, the interpretation. But prior to the interpretation is a state that's sort of virgin or untouched, yet its influence can show up here. And you are part and parcel of that priorness. Yeah. And the expression that you seem to be is of interpretation. But And this body is of interpretation. But there is a priorness that can be sensed because you are that. Yeah. And that brings a lot of uh, what I like to call traveling lighter to what's appearing in the interpretation. So this is an interpretation, and then what it does is it does what its nature implies. It interprets. We have a subjective experience here. When we take it to be this, we take everything else to be something, and we give it meaning. It's not we. See, our language always implies there's a noun or someone that's doing it, but there's just giving of meaning, if you like to say it clearer. There's no me that's giving the meaning. That's one of the that's one of the first meanings that's given is that this place will be interpreted from a noun point of view. Yeah. If we can't find it's you or me, we'll say it was the noun of God that did something. But we're gonna place a noun here. And instead of recognizing or sensing what's aware of all the verbing, we're gonna claim that we're the one that's aware of the verbing which makes us unaware of the awareness, yes? You know? The awareness is what's aware of the verb. This is something the awareness is aware of. The mental process claims that awareness as a verb it's doing. And now it's up to you or me to be aware. And usually we fall short, yes? And then the mental process plays God with how we're doing, with awareness, yes? I was really unconscious to that, and everything would have been different. I would have been conscious to that one fact I omitted in that report, yes? My whole career went down the tubes because I was unconscious, or I I didn't know where I was in, in the course of the fight, so I took off a few rounds when I should have actually been fighting, yes? I was unconscious to the fact of how the fight was going, even though you were getting punched considerably as the fighter. You were unconscious of how the fight was being seen. You were losing, but you thought you were winning. Yeah? So everything is interpretation. Yeah, everything is given meaning by who or what is the one that's having it or doing it. Yeah? And you can't separate the two. You can't separate that which you've given meaning to. You are in and, in and of basically the same. You are that because it's the meaning that's been given to it that you react to. Yeah? So there's like a playing of God with everything you and I mean. Because we give meaning to things. Just like you would say, what do they say about God in the Bible? You know, he did this and that, and then he pronounced that was good work, and so he took the day off the next day, the seventh day, whatever. So he pronounced what he did as being good. Well, we usually pronounce what we do as being good and bad, most of the time. And it tends to seem to lay on the bad side. Yeah. So, in a way, 
the way it's written in the Bible, God, God playing, we're doing it in our head all day. And if you look at it, our head takes on the uh, manifestation of God of the Old Testament. Hey, don't put any other gods before me. Hey, I'm going to smoke you because of this, and I make sure those people will suffer, and then you can take their land. And it's, that sure sounds like what the head sounds like when K. Paul's playing, you know. <laughs> so there's um, the whole f- feeling to me of the message is to have allow <coughs> the what of life, not the name and form of it. Yeah? The what, the awareness, what's actually the medium of this whole place, awareness. Awareness in unappearance and then awareness appearing. That sense just allows a life to go by in a way that you travel lighter through. That's not going to change your personal history. It may, but it's going to allow you to travel lighter through whatever your quote-unquote destiny holds in store for you. And it's more, its application isn't like, oh, you'll have a judgment at the end of your life that it was a good or a bad life. The application is you'll care less about that judgment, yeah? Every moment. You'll lose more and more, you'll lose interest in the activity of selfing. And you'll gain interest, you'll find out. Yeah? You'll gain interest, but you'll gain interest. Because how you're losing interest is it's going into a black hole called selfing. There's just so much attention on the machinations and the minutiae of your day. The lens isn't just something that picks something up, it conducts light. So that lens of attention awareness, in a sense, when put on such a small object as a body, it's just burning it up. Way too much juice to focus as. How can you, you know, focus the whole juice of the universe on you? Incredible. It's going to be unbearable, yeah? You're going to be. Every thought that's seen is going to be you're the thinker of it. That means you're wedded to every thought in some form or another. Either you have to be distracted from it, you want to be unconscious to it, you don't want to own up to it, having that thought, you think it's bad or good, or what, every thought, it's like a wedding day. Every time a thought arises, you betroth yourself to that thought as mine, yeah? And if a thought weighs, you know, a thought doesn't weigh anything, but let's say it weighed an ounce. Let's say you had just a thousand thoughts today went through the head, a thousand thoughts from a system called self-centeredness. And each thought, when seen, a thought reaction would occur that you wouldn't be aware of. Or it's already in place as a belief. And that is, each time the thought was seen, you're the seer of it. You're the thinker of it. Not just the seer of it. The seer of it is totally different, but the thinker of it. You know, which you had something to do with that thought. Yeah? It's my thought. As soon as the mind is engaged with a thought, that thought adds weight. It gains weight. You give it a lot of meaning through subjective lenses. You pump up, you pump it up with past ideas and conditioning. 
And now that thought is like pregnant, like a rain cloud, and it bursts. Yeah? And what happens is more thoughts, and then feelings get generated. And that my is like the, it's like the, uh, it's like the water in a garden that's never created but made by your attention and interest. So you put the water of the, on the thought, and it begets what? More thoughts and more feelings, which tend to engage your attention and interest again, and more and more. And you're wedded to it. You can't seem to be divorced from it. Yeah? You want to get some relief, so you'll maybe go unconscious to it or try to distract yourself with an activity. But you're wedded to it. It's every day. All the mail comes to Mr. and Mrs. Paul Hedeman. And you can't seem to get away from the thoughts as they're mine. Yeah? And the same thing with feelings. A feeling is seen and recognized. Something acknowledged, something's happening. Yes, in the apparatus. So there's a, there's a picking up of stimuli. And then it gets turned into an idea. Oh, this is angry, anger, or this is lust. Or, and then that, it never ends at that point. Thoughts are now produced about it. Yeah? What does it mean for me to be lustful? Well, it means I'm bad because I'm married to someone. What does it mean to me to be angry? Ooh. That's not good. That, my father was just like that. He was angry. And then thoughts beget more thoughts and more thoughts. And you just, all your attention and interest from that one contact as my begets thousands of little kids. It's got thousands of thought children that you have to watch over and tend to and get rid of or, you know, put up for fucking adoption, whatever. Dump it on others, whatever. You got, you're just loaded up. And now a thought which may have weighed an ounce is a pound. And now you are traveling, just because you don't know any better, you've been traveling carrying a thousand ounces every day of living debris from your inability to process. Yeah? That, let's say, now there are a thousand pounds. What are you going to do with that thousand pounds? There's no storage. You can't put, there's not a thought storage. You can't get a, oh, I'm going to store my thoughts in there. You'd have to rent the whole place. There's no thought storage. Yet, those... But you become a storage unit for the thoughts and the reactions to those thoughts. Yeah. So now you're frozen in life. You don't know, you can't do almost anything naturally. Everything's a choreographed dance based on the, the flute player of the mind telling you, oh, so when lust comes up, Jesus Christ, it's not even let to be felt and go. It's made a judgment about it. Yeah. And you're convicted constantly. It's like so much playing God in the whole, I love that statement, recovery. Playing God is the how, and we need to quit playing God. It's the how and why of the whole program of recovery, to quit playing God. Let's say you try to quit playing God, wouldn't that be playing God? You see how the system has a failsafe, yeah? If you're identified as the object of the system, a self, the system has many fail-safes. So an escape from the system is a participation in the system. And that all the escape signs never leave outside the system. They're just different hallways in the system, leading you to some other mental condition. Yeah? And no matter how much you want to get out, it's really one of the biggest forms of being in it. The more you want to get out of it, the more you're caught in it, seemingly. Yeah? So it has a, it has a system that produces an irritability, restlessness, and discontent, 
and your desire to get out of that is actually another form of being in it. Yeah. So if you answer the call of the irritation and you take the self-centered system's solution, that's part of the problem. So now you're itching an imaginary, uh, you're scratching an imaginary itch, and then a, what happens? A rash appears. And now, yes, from an unreal situation, a seemingly real problem occurs. So let's say you're having a difficult time. You're flipping about next out by about next week. So you take a some doctor gives you a sleeping pill, you know, and then so you take an Ativan or something, and you want to get relief from this worry about next week, and yet you, the mind keeps taking this Ativan, and now the solution to your worry about next week becomes a problem. You're addicted now. Now you have to go to a detox and a rehab. So the the unreality of this place gets more real. It just becomes more real. Now you're stuck in a building based on people who are addicted to Ativan trying to get relief. It seems more real, isn't it, than an imaginary thing I was worried about just to get a night's sleep from. Now I'm in a program with 30 people talking, and I'm here for a year, and I'm an Ativan addict. <laughs> so it's, we entertain an imaginary state, and that imaginary state produces another imaginary state that seems more real, yeah, in a way. You get bound by it more. Instead of just being in the prison of your mind, you're in an actual prison in San Quentin, in Marin County, California. Whole different ball game. Yeah. Instead of feeling uncomfortable in your skin, someone's porking you from behind. You're really feeling uncomfortable in your skin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like uh, it's like different dimensions. We're thinking the blueprint room's bad. Wait till you see the house it wants to build. <laughs> because you're going to be the inhabitant in it. All the bills are going to come to you. All the demands for you to obligate and show up are going to be based on you. You as this. And you'll really want to get out of being this in this realm of all that. But more you want to get out of being this in this world of that, you're more this. Yeah? What more could you be of what you're not than thinking... I want to, I, as what I'm not, want to get out of somewhere. <laughs> You're going to be more identified with it. So it's a beautiful system in a way because you believe you're out when you're in. Yeah, Just like in America, they say, uh, people go, hey, this isn't an authoritarian country. This is not, no one's bothering me. No one's doing anything. And then the person says, well, just do something that bothers the authoritarian system. And then you'll see their, their reaction. Yeah? They have you totally in place, and you're not doing anything to bother them. If you try to bother them, then you'll see <laughs> what you're not seeing now, because they can control us in a way, that's how they're presented, yeah? by not doing anything. Yeah? The same thing with this head. The more you want to get, the more you think, oh, you're comfortable in this, you're really... The bondage is never ending. Yeah? I want to feel free as this. Never. Impossible. How can you feel free as a conditional object? Yeah? You can feel free seemingly in a conditional object if you're not that, but you're never going to feel free as a conditional object because all states you're in here as this are conditional. They're based on a lot of variables, and they can shift at any moment, and you have no control over them. Yes, you can get a bad diagnosis or whatever. Things can happen. And then your whole life can change. One day, 
you had no importance in one topic, and now your whole life is surrounds that important seeming topic. Yeah. So this is like no matter who came over this last eight days, all different types of people and different groups. The same indication of pointing, same same. You just use maybe a different frame to sort of put the pointing in so that that mind can get the pointing, but the pointing is indicating the same same. There is something prior to the production of the self and the self and a world that it believes it's in. There's something that's there while all that activity of selfing is doing its thing. There's something that's always seemingly unnoticed yet never leaves and never shows up. Yes? It's sort of really like gravity. We're constantly on the effects of gravity, but we don't know it unless we went into an anti-gravity room, and then we would know the effects of gravity by its absence, yeah? Well, you really know this presence by your absence as the presence, yeah? You taking yourself to be a single, solitary, independent, separate entity, and the subject of life, yeah, the subject of life, yeah? causes the presence that's always available to seemingly be absent to you. And it's really frustrating because you want, maybe you get to the point in life, you want the presence to be present for you, but it can't be present while you're present. Yeah? Because while you're present, for you to feel present, it has to be made absent. It can't, it can't be allowed to be what's so if you're Watson, it just can't. Now, how the mind hides that is really cool because it will make it into something in the realm of Watson, make it a concept or an object that you, as the subject, may get. Yeah, if you practice something hard enough, or if you pray long enough, or if you purify the body long enough, you'll get a sense of the presence as the presence. Yeah, but. All of that is conditional and experiential. What you are is the presence, yeah? But it's not being, it's not having an, uh, a conscious influence in your life in a way because you seem to be present, trying to become conscious or something, yeah? When that is seen to be the whole, the whole, shielding or disguising mechanism is your obsession with you. Your, it's not even your obsession with you, obviously. The obsession with you is the disguising method. It's what's making the presence seem to have like a stealth-like appearance. Yeah? You may think it's here, but you're not, it's not actualizing in one's life. Yeah? What's actualizing in one's life is you all day. And just the sense of being a you is truly the root or the, 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 the branch where the irritability and restless and discontentment lies. Yeah? It's fundamentally the you that is the beginning of the agitation of mind. Yeah? And then, once the agitation arises, and then self-centeredness that system frames it, now you take yourself to be the one who's agitated, and now you believe the only way there's relief from that is by doing and having, which is just a mechanism of selfing. Yeah? 
It's one of the main modalities of self-centeredness is to do and have. It believes it's inherently something that may be lacking, and the only way to acquire what it's lacking is to do and have. Yeah? I've got to go somewhere, and I've got to do something to get it. Yes? The doing and having is just part and parcel of the extenuation of the trance. Yeah? So while you're wanting to get out, which may feel noble, if you attempt to get out by doing and having, that's being in. Yeah? Because there's no in or out, it just appears to it be so for us. Yeah? That's what it's like here. Everything is seeming. Everything is appearing to be true or false to us. There is no truth or falsehood here. There's nothing that's so absolute in appearance. There's the appearance of opposites, yes? But what those opposites are sort of manifesting out of to appear to be opposites is not opposite of anything. It's all there is, yes? So in the, in let's say to us, the invisible field that we don't see comes the manifestation of things that are opposite to each other, yes? The dance, yeah? But all the while, what's, it's just like that with being conscious. People believe they're unconscious, yeah? And they believe they're conscious. Let's say they've been working out a lot and meditating. Now they feel like they're conscious. They're aware of their breath and they're aware of what's happening. And maybe even they have powers, you know, they can know someone's going to call before the phone rings and this and that. And they think they're getting conscious. Then something occurs and they have the experience of being unconscious, yeah? And then maybe they think they, all right, so I'm going to do something now and then I'll, I'll turn that unconsciousness into consciousness, yeah? But all there is is consciousness. Now, I don't know what consciousness actually is, but all there is is that. <laughs> Let's just call it consciousness. All there is is consciousness, and there's no opposite. There's no movement in it of this or that. It's only in the appearance that consciousness can seem to be conscious or unconscious as a you. Yeah? It has to have the sense of you to have the dualistic expression. Without the you, there will be no dualistic expression. Yeah? So instead, we're established as the you, and then we're fighting this constant tide that can't be changed of yes or no, of trying to slice every coin and get it just to be a one-sided coin. Yes? We're trying to just have only positive thoughts with no negative thoughts. We want to have only good feelings and no quote-unquote bad feelings. Yes, It's like we only want sunny days, we don't want any rainy days. Yeah? But the whole point, this whole movement of appearing to be real is stationed or axled or supported in the oneness that you take yourself to be. This oneness begets this two-ness as seeming to be real. Yeah? When you entertain this is not so, when this oneness is dropped, then you have an ability to see that movement, yes? But not be totally influenced by that movement. Yeah. But not as a one. With the one, there's the two. With the one is the possibility of being conscious or unconscious, yes? With the one is this, there's the possibility to feel good or feel bad. To have good health, bad health. Yeah, da 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 All this provides all of that. We want relief of all of that, but we want relief from all of that as this. And it's, it's impossible, because they're joined at the hip, in a way. 
the pseudo-singularity of this produces the duality of all of that, which appears, yeah. When you see the singularity is not so, then when this is inherently absent, yes, then the presence is obvious. And the presence is not influenced or affected by the yes or no's, the higher lows, the good or bads of things, yes? The presence is present in all the movements and in all the non-movements. There's a sense of presence. But if there's a sense of presence to you, it's going to be an experience which means it comes and goes and it's not constant. It's not even close to even being a state. It's an experience. Yeah. I'm not even talking about states. States also come and go, but they're in a different time set. So the one wants relief from the twos of its life. But it doesn't see the true relief from the twos is to recognize it's not the one. Yeah. And there's the recognition. And you don't even need the recognition. Just start entertaining it. And then you'll see life many, many times during the day, not from the point of self-centeredness. It will just demonstrate, and you'll see anew. And then, just like you got hardwired to believe all of this baloney, you'll be unwired, yes? And that whole structure will be either quickly dismantled or over a seeming time dismantled, and then there'll just be a damn traveling lighter. Yeah. Like if you had a rush of water, a rush of water. Let's say this river. Let's say life is verbing. Yeah. Doesn't it seem to be the case? If you just look at this ground and all the now springs starting to happen, just things are manifesting unbelievably, aren't they? Just manifesting. I came home, all the cherry trees and the plum trees in my backyard, which were totally dormant, are now just firing since uh, we were away. It's incredible. And then it's, everything is going to just do a great demonstration of manifestation called spring. <laughs> Things are just going to be coming alive. You thought they were dead, yes? You saw that thing's never coming back. It comes back. comes back constantly. <laughs> manifestation is never ending. As long as there's a you to observe it, there's manifestation. Yeah. So, yeah, let's say that manifestation is like a river. And everything's flowing. Yeah. It has its currents, but, you know, it's going like this. Now, if you put a rock, have you noticed when you put a rock in a stream, it changes the course of the water, yeah, in a way. Doesn't it? The water now has to go around the rock, and sometimes like an eddy gets formed, and these little currents in the stream start occurring, yes? And it's sort of like, it's in the stream, but they're little currents, and they're based sort of on the position of the rock. They're going around the rock, and some leaves will get stuck there, and 
things that were flowing get stuck, yes? That's sort of what it's like, in a way. There's this river of manifestation, streaming, streaming, streaming. And then the mind makes up an imaginary rock. It claims itself to be a body, yeah? And that body now takes form in this river of verbing and thinks it's a noun, yeah? Now the river of verbing, instead of just going in its path, seemingly, the, scent, the rock, the, the space, the, uh, the seeming solidity of the rock affects the currents, yeah? So now verbs that were just verbing are now claims, in a way, as my verbing, yeah? And so there's a coagulation of manifestation goes on around the rock, yeah? It's just like when there's a shipwreck and the ship goes under. Things start growing on the ship, yeah? And fish move in and everything, yes? It provides a home. A lot of activity start happening around that shipwreck. The same way with this water and the currents, a lot of activity are based on the position of the rock. That's like the noun the mind is putting in the, in the river of verbing. Instead of seeing life is happening, it says it's happening to me. So it plops this noun in there. And then all the verbing, now the mind attracts things. Yeah, thoughts, my thoughts, feelings, my feelings other objects, my objects, just like leaves would get caught in a rock. You ever see it? When they get sucked in that little current, the leaves were going down river, but now they're not. And they build up and build up, and the water gets stagnant and everything like that. That's sort of what's happening. The mind is identified as a noun. It wants to be something solid. And in that position, it stretches or like, like a gravitational pull. It pulls verbs into manifestation, in a way, yeah? And now they become things. And these things, mental things, you know, feeling things, which are feelings, mental things, thoughts, yeah, objects, get caught in this pull. And it seems as real as real can be, right? It makes its own little world there. And this rock and rock and rock and rock and mind, 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 saying, I'm this. It's producing this little self-centeredness where things that are generated, thoughts and feelings and all this that are happening, this, right, stimuli and reactions to it, are now getting put into an orbit around this idea of being Paul, a body. And the, the seeming rock is suffering its rock-like qualities. It wants to get relief from what it's pulling into orbit. But it doesn't entertain that it's the reason why they're in orbit, yeah? That it's the one that's holding the thoughts, not the thoughts. Thoughts aren't binding you. The my of the thoughts binding us, yeah? Feelings aren't binding us. They come and go. Tons of them all day. But what writes a story about them? Every verb, every feeling, every thought is right. You're the author of it, in a way. You believe you're the one who had it, or you're the one who's thinking it. You see how it pulls it? So instead of life is happening, it's happening to me, yeah? So the water that was just doing what it does, like manifest, manifestation, energy is just manifesting, but we suck it in, yeah? And we make a story of it. And now the verbs seem to bond or imprison the noun. And the noun wants relief. And there's tons of forms of relief here, right? Drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, tons of things. Everyone's attempting to get a little relief every day. But the thing is, it's never-ending because the system is in place. Yeah? Manifestation, when drawn into a noun, yes, becomes the act of being identified as the doer of that verb. 
would say it's sort of like some of those spiritual systems they call karma in a way, yeah? Or deep. And some karmic conditions are deep mental grooves. So they produce a different current around the rock. So when there's a noun and it has this predilection of alcoholism, this is what's going to be come around that rock. These are going to be the currents of that person's life, yes? As a person, yeah. It's just like the idea of the barnacles. Every, maybe the barnacles are really a drag on you. But the barnacles, how are you going to get rid of each barnacle off the rock? If you remove the rock, there would be nowhere the barnacles could find an anchor in, yeah? The barnacles need something to lock in, to take a position. What is that when the mind identifying as an object? Sets you up as a rock. And then things, instead of just happening, are happening to you, and a lot of them stick, yes? And then when you don't want them to happen to you, they re-happen in your head. Or they provoke a fear that it may happen again, yeah? So you live basically out of the past, about you know, like the, the impressions that your mind has taken always find a desire to express, yeah? And if identification is the root of that, yes, if identification places an object to be what's impressed and then to express, it would, it would describe what I see as living here a lot. Yes? So there's no freedom as a noun, but there's freedom from a noun. Just by the simple recognition of what's prior to the idea of being great. What's prior to that is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And what does seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching imply? That there is something that's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting. But that something is not you as a body. Yeah. Maybe that something is no thing. Who knows? But it's not you as a body. That's how you get to know your original face. You're living that face every day. You don't need a mirror to see it. You don't need a story about a life to get a sense of who you are. You see it by the activity of it, which is pure reflection. It's reflection, reflecting whatever manifesting. Purely, no opinion, no judgment, no, I don't want that, no, no, that's, that's, that goes to the good section, that's the bad section. It's just blatantly neutral, yeah? Because it does no this or that. It's not like you never did neutrality. That's all it is, is neutral. Yeah. So, man, and everyone gets, you know, they learn so much about the currents around their rocks. Or they avoid it. But some people be very well learned about the currents, but it doesn't bring any fucking long-lasting relief, does it? It's like self-knowledge avails you nothing. As long as they're rock, it's going to produce currents. No matter what you talk about. If there's that rock, there's going to be currents. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be leaves bunched up there. There's, and the leaves and the, the amount of the leaves will produce stagnation in a fluid expression called water. Even water can be stagnated by the conditions it's in. Yes? Yet it is incredibly fluid. It can't be grabbed. It can't be held. Yet it can become stagnant when its verbness is disrupted, when it now becomes a noun, does what happens? Things that would have passed right out, actually on the surface of it, like the water reflecting it, now become the surface. 
you, when you look in the water, you see just the leaves, yeah? You can't see anything but what's been adhered to it. Yeah. yeah. So you don't get the sense of its reflective quality. Every time, it could be a super clear day, and there could be mountains around, a move, you know, a water that still has movement in it would reflect, but yours is stuck with tons of leaves, tons of old ideas, tons of traumas, tons of bad memories, just just like a like a a membrane put over your ability to reflect clearly. Yes? And now all it is is speculation. All systems of thought from self centeredness are derived from a past that's imaginary. So it's just like throwing dots in the dark all day. Yeah. Of course, there's always moments when the leaves part and the light hits it and there's a clear reflection. But usually when that happens, you'll say you're the doer of it, which will bring the leaves over again. <laughs> the system is taking water and making it into like a living quarter <laughs> instead of something that you move on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like a movement. You're a movement that the mind wants to make still so it can build something and use you as a storage unit. Yeah? <laughs> yet you're fluid and flowing all day, yet we take ourselves to be a solid thing, constantly thinking about it and going over, what happened to this thing last week that I didn't like? What's going to happen to this thing? What happened to that thing that I wish would have happened to this thing? I should have got more than that thing. God and not blah, 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 blah. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Isn't that too much for you? Aren't you tired? Exhausted. Exhausted. What do you get to be special? So one day in your life you'll be able to pronounce that you were right and everyone else was wrong. <laughs> Can you imagine if you've been living listening to that head and then your head at the last moment of your life tells you you, you lived a terrible life and you believed it? <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're living 80 years of whatever, things happening, happening, verbing, verbing, verbing. And then the mind that you've been relying on all this time wants to fuck you one more time. And just before the last breath, it says, you know, Paul, your life was totally wasted. <laughs> Pa-plump, a big rock. <laughs> imaginative moment in the hospital bed, the last breath. Every moment right now, great could end, and it could end on that note. With total belief, all the attention and interest just absorbed in that. I've wasted my whole life. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah? There's an immunity to that. You don't want to be directed, guided, navigated, or proclaimed by that voice. It's not reliable. It's totally unstable. Its basis is deep agitation. It's apt to say or do anything up there. Yeah? At any given moment. And if you believe that's like the notary public, if you believe that's your authorization, if you believe that's the, the proclamation of what your life was, that stamp, every moment's occurring. At the end, that last moment, it may give you a real doozy. Who knows? 
your life was totally worthless. I don't know. There's freedom here. It's available at all times. Expressing itself. Right as we sit. Yes, see? Obviously you're awake, Eric. There's awakeness. Why isn't that? Why isn't that an, enough? Why isn't it enough just to sit in the proclamation of that for a while? Yeah. Instead of all your accounting, of, is it valuable or not? Where am I? Where am I going? All that. Just maybe take a breath and just sense. Close your eyes. You sense. Obviously, you're not a body, yeah? You, you don't stop at the cheekbones, do you? There's a sense of presence that can't be pointed at or located in time or space, yeah? Yet, when you close your eyes, it seems as if all this can disappear, right? The biggest problem in the world, if it was a thing, if my eyes just closed, would I see it at that moment? No. That's that for this one. I'm getting really hot here.